We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Rob Doster here for the Field of 60. Today, we are bringing you another episode in our Off the Carousel series, where we will be joined by each and every new head coach to the Division I ranks. There are almost 60 of them. We're going to be rolling these out a couple of days throughout the month of May and the month of June. So make sure that you subscribe to the channel. And if you like this interview, don't be afraid to tap that like button. That stuff really does help our channel and help our presence on YouTube. It helps more people like you find this content. And since I have you guys here, make sure that you check out our Instagram and TikTok pages. We are going to be pumping out more unique content over there throughout the summer heading into next season. Like, for example, did you know that Penny Hardaway was shot when he was a player in college? I bet you didn't know that. There are more stories like that on those pages. The links are in the description below. So now, without further ado, let's get into another edition of Off the Carousel. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Off the Carousel. Today, we welcome in Billy Taylor, the newly minted head coach of Elon University. For those who don't know Mr. Taylor, he has been around the block of the former Iowa Hawkeye right-hand man, DeFran McCaffrey, uh, first made his big break back in Lehigh in the early 2000s. I remember some of those teams vaguely, by the way. I am kind of old. Uh, getting I like up there that. For sure. Good. Very good. Uh, took home two Patriot of the Year coach honors back then and then in between there and where he is now uh, stops at ball state uh, and nearby d2 abbey college there in the carolina turf uh, mr taylor you have no shortage of experience but i want to start with the one that pops out that dazzles among the rest you're a cpa three-year stint at arthur anderson as an accountant as a former accounting major myself i almost want to ask not what do you take from that experience in your coaching basketball career but how little do you actually miss that job now do you actually get to do basketball <laughs> things for a living well, thank you first off for having me. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's really it's a joy to be with you, have this conversation. And, uh, you know, I miss those days of accounting. And, and a lot of what I learned through that training is, is you're well aware. It's, it's the, the analytics that you get, you know, from a basketball standpoint. Um, again, being able to look at numbers and organize and analyze quickly in your mind and figure out patterns and trends. And, and really, you know, from Arthur Anderson, I got trained in terms of, of a professional sense, how to go about handling your business, um, you know, how to work with clients. Now our clients are, you know, 16 to 21 year olds, you know, 22 year olds uh, in, in shorts and sneakers. But, you know, understanding how to work with clients, how to relate with people, 
how to build relationships and how to add value. So really all those things transitioned well from, you know, from the accounting world into the basketball world. I was just saying how many folks want to, you know, talk about your prior stop to Elon um, next to Fran McCaffrey at Iowa. You guys had tremendous success there, um, both in the two stops in which you were there, your first stint from 2013, 2016, but even more recently, um, you know, the train just keeps chugging along 2019 through 2022 in the presser you talked and I laughed about how, you know, Fran is notably a very emotional up and down guy. You're much more even keel, you know, people I think want to maybe lazily assume that you're going to replicate what he did as a blueprint. I think it sounds like from what you mentioned in that, in that opening press conference, you'll take a lot of those same principles. Um, but is there anything specifically unique or, or, um, you know, true to yourself that you want to instill brand in the new program here at Elon or just that we'll see manifest on the floor in terms of style? Yeah, that, that's really, it's a great question. And, and I think, again, you know, for, for folks that know Fran uh, and, and that know that, you know, his emotion and his fire on the sidelines, um, you know, we, we approach things differently in terms of, of that. But, you know, Fran, at the heart of it, you know, he loves the student athletes. Um, he really, he fights for, he advocates for his players and his coaches. And, and I, I just, I'm so, res- so really just um, in, in awe of how he's done that over you know, so many different years. So really the relationships that he's had with his, with his guys, his, his players has just, you know, again, it's a, we like to say it's a 40 year relationship and he really exemplifies that because um, for me, you know, having been recruited by Fran, and then hired by Fran on, on three different occasions. Um, clearly, there's a, there's a, a relationship there and a trust uh, to say, you know what, th- this is a man of integrity, a man of character, and someone that you know I want to want to be a part of his life and, and want him to be in my family's life. Um, in terms of style of play, uh, certainly what we've done for the Hawkeyes has been you know spectacular. Uh, some of the, the offensive exploits and kind of how guys have had success uh, on the court. Uh, has been really, really fun, you know, from Keegan Murray to Joe Wieskamp to Luca Garza, back to Aaron White and Devin Marble and Peter Jock. I mean, we've had so many great Hawkeye players uh, that have come come through the program that I've been able to be a part of and work with. And it's really, it's been a lot of fun because, you know, we've got great kids, great character. Uh, they like to play fast. Uh, we like to get up and down the floor and, and try to score a lot of points. The one specific clip that stuck out to me is you poured cold water on all the other coaches who like to talk about how they want to play fast and they drum up this sort of feels like, a, you know, feeble excitement and, and people get really excited. They're going to see 100 to 90 shootouts. But I think you really underscored how there's a right way to play fast. And, I, you know, I, I kind of delineate this, you know, playing fast effectively and playing fast rect- recklessly. At Iowa, you guys did that. You were almost, in my opinion, the model of how to play fast but play together and not play out of control. Is there certain, I guess, elements to how you coach that, how you teach that that's allowed you to separate yourself from just all the other imitators that try and run up and down um, without really a true structure or a true a discipline cohesion to it? Yeah, Matt, I think um, you, you really raise a good point because it, it's hard, you know, as a, as a head coach, when you're in that, that front seat and, you know, you, you're playing fast and you see some shots that are questionable, some decision-making in terms of passing, uh, that's questionable. Um, you, you can. It's very easy to want to pull back the reins and say, you know, that that's we can't play that way. We can't be successful playing that way. Uh, you know, for us at Iowa and now here at Elon, you know, we want to play fast, but we don't play nuts. So you know, that's kind of where we kind of set the benchmark: is we're going to play fast, we're going to shoot it quick, 
uh, but we can't play nuts. The ball still has to find the right people. Uh, we've still got to have good shooters taking great shots. We've got to make the one more passes. And again, something that, that we did well at Iowa that, that we hope to imitate here at, at Elon, and certainly we were able to do at Belmont Abbey College um, when I was a head coach there, was, you know, we were high assist, low turnovers. Yeah. So that's kind of an, an element of, of, you know, kind of our offensive style is you want to be highly efficient. You want to be able to, to score the ball, have high assists, uh, get great shots, still shoot high percentages from two and from three. Uh, because again, a lot of times playing fast means oh, we're just going to shoot quick threes. And it's like, maybe, you know, maybe we will shoot quick threes, but maybe we're going to work it and have longer possessions and, and get the ball into the post and try to score in the paint or get to the foul line. So you've got to be able to have that balance offensively. And, and I really think Fran is a master in terms of teaching that and stressing that while still allowing the players to have confidence, uh, which is really critical in this day and age. Yeah, no, no question. And you talk about the experience at Belmont Abbey, just to reiterate, uh, you were a head coach there in between your two um, stints as an assistant under Fran. What about that experience? Um, you know, I guess, were there any epiphanies during that experience as a coach that you learned that you maybe didn't have in your toolkit that you have now, um, you know, be it like X and O on the clipboard or recruiting or just general program, uh, you know, building management per se? Yeah, you know, every time I've gone back uh, with Fran, uh, I've always learned something new. Uh, and, and that's kind of how I approach things. I, I want to be a continuous learner. I want to study it, uh, whether it's our offense, defense, you know, like you said, program management, um, you know, staff building, whatever it is. You know, I, I want to learn from Fran, who I think is just one of the best in our business and, and does things the right way. And again, doesn't really always get a lot of credit, you know, for, for what we've been able to accomplish at Iowa. Um, so, you know, this, this past go around, again, the, the development and the emergence that we saw, you know, for Luca Garza and Keegan Murray and yeah, guys yeah. that were, you know, quite honestly, very lightly recruited coming out of high school. Right. You know, people passed on, um, you know, Keegan, Chris, Luca, um, these guys, and, and, you know, they're doing extremely well, uh, great for us, for the Hawkeyes, and, and will make great pros. So being able to work with those guys and help them develop and working with, you know, NBA cal caliber talent and develop that talent, you know, really is where, um, you know, I think I learned greatly this past go around. Right. There's a numerous coaches out there who have proven uh, debunked the, you need to get four-star, five-star guys to win at a high level consistently. Um, obviously you guys have been hit by the portal hard as pretty much every first year program has, it seems like. Um, I noticed one of the guys you've already brought in, um, you know, a former player that Belmont Abbey college, We've seen a lot of these D2, D3 up transfers really stick at the D1 level, I think, against a lot of skepticism uh, when it first became popular. As you think about recruiting and building your roster, you know, is that an area where you're going to look to dive into to, to reap some talent? Uh, obviously, the portal's a big, you know, everyone's you know, sort of, you know, trying to find elbow room there. But, you know, D2, D3, is that going to be an area where you might look to exploit some untapped value? You know, I think, I think really you've got to be – uh, open to all areas for recruitment and, and whether it's the portal, uh, whether it's high school, prep school, um, even junior college in certain instances, depending upon where you're at and what your needs are. Um, you know, there, there's so many kids out there that are really good players and it's hard for, um, again, it's really hard. I mean, you know, I think what is it 1600 transfers or so um, roughly. I've lost uh, count. That's yeah. I, I really, I lost count too. Cause there's just, there's, there's too many names in the portal. And, um, 
you know, so you've got all these kids in the portal and, you know, that's just a division one level. Then you start throwing in, like you said, division two, division three. And, you know, what I really experienced, you know, while at Belmont Abbey, you know, we tried to, um, again, I'd only been at division one my entire career. So I went in with the mindset, you know, we're going to recruit division one talent. That's just kind of what I knew. So, you know, the guys that, that we recruited to the Abbey, I thought were division one players. And, um, you know, we had some guys, even when I, when I left to go come back to Iowa the last time, we had a couple of guys that transferred to division one and were, were successful kind of in those transitions. Um, so it kind of proved that, yeah, okay, we, we did have some division one talent and we won some games and there's a lot of really good players at, at a variety of levels. And, everyone's really got a different journey. Um, and, and it's why I don't really look down on anyone's journey. If they start, you know, at a lower level or if they grow late or whatever their story may be, or maybe injuries in high school or prep school. Um, so you really have to be open and, and really, you know, do your work. And it's tough because again, there's so many kids, there's so many names, so many people to follow up on, but you've got to find that, that right fit for your program. And, and, and it takes a lot. I mean, again, with so many kids in the portal, uh, to sift through that and find the right fit for your your program is is really challenging. Yeah, I think I've heard Fran talk about that. Uh, I think last summer and this summer, how he's being you know very selective. You guys, how you guys like to attack um, gazing into the portal for talent replenishment. Um, hey, one last question here. Lighter notes. Looking at just the list of players you started reeling off there at the, at the top, and I was just going through the so the guys that you were a part of bringing in to the, the, the Iowa glory days, you know, Roy Marble, Aaron White come to mind are two of my personal favorites. Yes. Um, we've been asking every coach that's come on, what is their craziest, most outlandish recruiting story? Um, obviously a lot have really popped in the last year or so, which is the absurdity of recruiting via, you know, digital mobile zoom types of communications. Do you have one that sticks out just like a wild and wacky or how the hell do we get this guy type of uh, tale? You know, I, I think I haven't had too many like wild stories from, from recruiting. Um, you know, I, I think, again, we, we tend to go a little bit more temperate in terms of, you know, the, the guys we're going after. Um, you know, obviously the world was flipped upside down once we went, you know, all digital and went Zoom and, you know, we're having, you know, Zoom calls with recruits and, and doing campus tours, you know, via Zoom and, and recruiting videos and recruiting presentations on Zoom. Um, it, it just it changed everything. It really did. It, it made it, you know, where this kind of conversation is possible. I mean, you know, yeah, really wouldn't have thought this, you know, two, three years ago that this would be kind of a norm in terms of a mode of, of communication. So, um, you know, it really just was just all the Zoom, just during COVID, the amount of Zoom calls that we were doing, just trying to build relationships uh, with, with folks that, you know, we hadn't seen play in person. I think that was kind of the strangest part to it was, you know, we're, we're, you know, Zoom calling with kids and families, but never seen you play live and trying to watch you on film, Zoom with you on video. And then potentially, you know, it, it almost becomes like speed dating where, OK, now um, we're going to marry someone that, you know, we've just really never spent any time with face to face or been able to see and size up, like actually how tall are you and, you know, are you built the way that you say you are? So it just it's been a weird recruiting world, I'd say. Yeah. As, in, as it's transitioned the last couple of years and uh, with NIL, it's just getting stranger and stranger. And it, it will, I think it will continue to. Yeah. We won't even go down that rabbit hole, but um, <laughs> no, that's let's end it right there. I think that's a great, uh, a great bow to tie this interview on uh, coach Taylor. Thank you for spending the time with us. I'm um, really excited to see what you build there down in Eli. I know a lot of Iowa fans were not happy to see you go. So that 
kind of speaks volumes from an Elon fan's perspective, how excited they should be. I know one of our close friends is a former Phoenix alumni, so he's following uh, the development closely there. So, hey, good luck to you, coach. Thank and you, uh, that concludes another episode of Off the Carousel.